G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When you come together with God's people, something wonderful happens. Because we're told in Psalm 22.3, He inhabits the praises of His people. And when you worship God, you're doing what God created you to do. Worship plays a key role in God's plan for believers. And today, Pastor Greg Laurie says we need to embrace it fully. From Genesis to Revelation, our faith is one of worship. And in heaven, we're going to sing. So get in practice now. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. In a day of virtual connections, you can visit a church nearly anywhere on the planet. Bring a live church service right on your home computer, right on your smart device, right into your home. But isn't it better still to bring ourselves to the service than bring the service onto our phone? On a new beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to see God's plan for the church. We'll see worship is an integral part of encouraging and training the body of Christ and helping us to find the hope and accountability that we need. The church is for every Christian, and every Christian should be in church. Here's what God says, Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. So this isn't a 21st century problem only. It was even happening in the first century. But rather we should be exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. What day? The day of the Lord. In other words, because Christ is coming back, we should be gathering together as His people. A more modern translation puts it this way. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worship together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. But some people treat church like it's a movie theater, right? And now they have the new trend in theaters is you can get these reclining seats. You ever been to one of those? Pretty nice, actually. Problem is I get in those seats, I fall asleep. So it becomes a very expensive nap, actually. But when my wife and I go to a movie, which is not all that often, but when we do go, uh, you know, we like to get popcorn and milk duds. That's our thing, right? Sweet and savory. And I, I'll honestly admit to you, I smuggle water into the theater. I just, I'll bring, I don't hide it like, but I, you know, it's in my back pocket. And so we walk in and I, with my smuggled water and, and so, you know, maybe we're late and I'll say, Kathy, we've got to get in the theater. The, the movie's starting. She'll say, I have to get popcorn and milk duds. I said, look at the line. She goes, I have to get it. I said, all right, hurry. And so I'm, I'm in the seat and here goes the trailers. The trailers are done. Here's the movie. It's starting. It's, here's the title. Here's the music. They're establishing the, the whole, you know, 
foundation of the story now in the movie. Kathy finally shows up and then she sits down and she's like looking at the popcorn. I'm like, stop looking at the popcorn. Look at the screen. Because you're going to ask me five minutes later, who's she? Uh, look. This, this being a stuff. Am I the only one here? Come on. Um, look at the screen, Kathy. I paid money for this thing you're looking at. And, and you know, so we can be that way with church. Oh, we get there late. Oh, well, you know, it's all right. We'll miss the warm-up act. Is that what you think worship is? The warm-up act. These folks, these very gifted and skilled musicians are here leading us in prayer, set the song. These people are helping us to glorify God. That's one of the reasons the church exists. They're worship leaders. That's why we don't call them rock stars. They are rock stars. I know they're rock stars because Hans says that to me every time I see him. He says, yeah, I'm a rock star. Yeah, whatever. Okay, no. But you know, sir, I'm joking. He doesn't say that. He says, I'm the greatest rock star. So just, no, he doesn't say that either. But I mean, these folks are, are here to lead us in worship. Why would you be late for that, you know? And then when a message starts, we need to engage. We need to connect. We need to participate, you know? And I, I'll take it a step further. Not only should you be a part of a church, you should be a part of a local church. Now, turn to Acts chapter two. And the reason I don't want to look at this is this is the first century church. Remember, Jesus started the church, and so this is very close to what he wanted. And uh, we're going to see a lot of important principles. In fact, these are sort of foundational scriptures for our church that we have functioned by ever since our beginning well over 40 years ago. Here's what the early church did. Acts 2 verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and they had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as everyone had need. So continuing daily, notice the word daily, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their bread with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Stop there. So this is the church that turned its world upside down. No social media. Thomas did not tweet. Peter did not have a Facebook page. Paul didn't have a TV show. Matthew wasn't on the radio. No, they did this all word of mouth. They changed their world. How did they do it? I've summed it up in a simple acronym. W-E-L-L. -L. Well. Well, W, they were a worshiping church. E, they were an evangelistic church. L number one, they were a learning church. L number two, they were a loving church. Well, worshiping, evangelizing, learning, and loving. You want to be a well Christian, be a worshiping Christian. Be an evangelizing Christian. Be a learning Christian. Be a loving Christian. You want to be healthy in the church, do the same thing. Here's the thing. Let's start with point number one. They were a worshiping church. Verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. Listen to this. When you come together with God's people, something wonderful happens. 
Because we're told in Psalm 22.3, He inhabits the praises of His people. Now look, God's omnipresent, which means He's present everywhere at the same time. But He manifests His presence. He reveals Himself in a special and unique way when we gather together for worship and Bible study. Make no mistake about that. So when you unplug from that, you're missing out on a significant thing that God wants to do in your life. And when you worship God, you're doing what God created you to do. From Genesis to Revelation, our faith is one of worship. And in heaven, we're going to sing. Revelation 15 says, and this is a, a glimpse into heaven. It says, I saw what looked like a sea of glass mixed with fire and standing beside the sea were those who had been victorious over the Antichrist. And they held harps and they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, singing, Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, King of the ages. Yeah, worship. We're going to be doing it in heaven. So get in practice now. That's Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA, bringing a message called How to Go to Church. We're learning the importance of worship here on earth, something we'll be doing in heaven as well. Let's continue. But sometimes they say, well, I don't feel like worshiping today. You know, I'm not in the mood to worship today. Well, here's a biblical response. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Two things. Sacrifice of praise, fruit of your lips. Number one, sometimes praise is a sacrifice. I don't feel like worshiping the Lord. I'm not in the mood. Who cares if you're in the mood? God's still worthy of your praise, isn't he? So give him the sacrifice of praise. Number two, the fruit of your lips. What does that mean? Verbalize. Well, I, I don't like to really express myself, you know, with emotion. You know, I will scream like a maniac during the Super Bowl game, but in church, I, I just like to stand there and do nothing. That's my form of worship. Is it? God says, offer the sacrifice of praise. It urges you to lift your hands. It urges you to lift your voice. You should verbalize it. You know, you could say it's true of marriage. You, know, you love your wife. When's the last time you told her? Well, I told her on the day I married her. <laughs> if I change my mind, I'll let her know. <laughs> Are you really that stupid? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I think she'd appreciate it if you just said, honey, I love you. You're beautiful today. And the wife should do the same for the husband. I appreciate you. Thank you for all that you do. Verbalize it. The Lord wants to hear you verbalize your praise. Well, doesn't God know I love Him? Yes, but He says He wants to hear you proclaim it. So the Bible tells us also, give thanks unto the Lord for He is good. And His mercy endures forever. It doesn't say give thanks to the Lord when you feel good. He can do it even if you don't feel like it. You don't think Job had problems when his family died and his possessions were gone and his health with it? But yet we read in Job 121, he fell to the ground and he worshiped and said, the Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See, worshiping God with other Christians helps put things in perspective. So I come to church today with a burden. Some of you have burdens right now. Something's really troubling you. 
Something big is happening to you. And you don't know what to do. So what does the Bible say? Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. It doesn't say magnify your problems. And when you magnify the Lord and see Him in all of His glory, you can see your problem in its proper perspective. Worship can make all of the difference as we gather together with God's people and see things accurately, biblically, and correctly. You know, when you isolate yourself from other believers, you lose perspective. You can become fearful and confused and angry and bitter. Think of old skeptical Thomas, who after Jesus rose from the dead, didn't join the other Christians for their little worship service. He was very disillusioned. And they saw him afterwards and said, hey, Tom, you should have been there. Yeah, what happened? Uh, Jesus showed up. And that's implied in the original Greek where he actually said, no, he didn't, that's not. No, Jesus showed up, right. I'll believe that, says Thomas, if I can put my hand in the wound in his side and touch the holes in his hands. The next time they gathered together, guess who was there? Thomas. And guess who showed up again? Jesus. He always does when his people gather. And Jesus said, hey, Thomas, go for it. He says, oh, my Lord, my God. But here's my point. He missed out when he was separated from other believers. He received so much more when he joined with them. Asaph was grappling with the age-old question, why do the wicked prosper? But he got perspective while he worshiped with God's people in God's house. And he wrote in Psalm 73, 16, when I tried to understand all of this, it was oppressive to me till I entered the sanctuary of the Lord and I understood their final destiny. So the point is, I didn't understand why things are the way they are. But when I gathered together for worship, I found perspective. Oh, there's a lot more to say. And I'll get to that next time. But I want to just say, we should be a part of the church. Why should we be a part of the church? Because it is here we hear the Word of God. It is here we worship the Lord. It is here we receive untold spiritual benefits and sometimes even physical benefits. It's here that we encounter God. I heard about a hundred year old man that was celebrating his birthday at church. He had actually attended that church ever since he'd been a little boy. So they threw a big party for him. Big cake, lots of cards, ice cream. And then uh, they said, let's go into the sanctuary. And so everyone went in and, and his uh, great grandson got up to the microphone. He turned it up really loud so his great grandfather could hear. And he said, great grandpa, we know you can barely hear or see, but tell us, why do you still go to church every Sunday? And great grandpa said, because I love Jesus with all my heart and he commanded me to be here. And then he paused for a moment and then said, and I just want to show everybody whose side I'm on. I like that. That's good. <laughs> whose side are you on? Well, you're on the Lord's side because you're here today. And I hope you'll be here all the times we gather because you'll receive so much from it. But not everyone is on the Lord's side. Uh, people don't know the Lord at all. So this is the family of God. And here's the great thing about our family. You can join our family. You say, how? Well, you have to be born into it. Oh, you mean like raised in the church my whole life? No. You need to be born again. Jesus said, unless you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, what do you mean by born again, you might ask? Funny thing, someone asked Jesus that 2,000 years ago. What do you mean born again? What does that even mean? 
And Jesus said to that guy whose name was Nicodemus, he said, the wind blows where it wills. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. And so Jesus was basically saying, look, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I don't even know what that means. It comes down to this. Would you like your sin forgiven? Would you like to know that you'll go to heaven when you die? Would you like your guilt removed? And would you like to join the family of God? You say, yes, I would. Then you say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I pray for a spiritual rebirth of my life right now. That doesn't take years. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't even take hours. It can happen in an instant for you right now. And we're gonna close in prayer. And I'm gonna extend an invitation for you to believe in Jesus if you don't yet and have you then join the family of God. Join our family. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word to us. And now I pray for any that have joined us who may not yet know you. Help them, Lord, to see that the words we've shared are true. They are the gospel truth. And I pray for every, anyone here, anyone watching, listening, wherever they might be, if they don't know you yet, Lord, help them to come to you and believe, we pray. Amen. Greg Laurie with an invitation to get your heart right with the Lord. And if you'd like to do that today, Pastor Greg would love to help you with that right now. The Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I want to lead you in a prayer where you will be doing just that, calling on the name of the Lord. So listen, if you want your sin forgiven, if you want to know that when you die, you will go to heaven, if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life and take away your guilt and your shame, then just stop what you're doing and pray this prayer with me right now. Pray this after me if you would. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I have broken your commandments. I have fallen short of your standards. But 2,000 years ago, you died on that cross for me. Then you rose again from the dead. So Jesus, come into my life and be my Savior, and my Lord, and my God, and my friend. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me, and accepting me, and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We'd love to follow up with you by sending something called our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll help you get started living as a Christian. We'll be glad to send it to you free of any charge or obligation. It'll help answer some of the questions you might have and help you build a solid foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you contact us on 1-800-005011. Well, tomorrow, Pastor Greg begins his final message in the short series that we're in right now. Important information for every churchgoer tomorrow, right here on A New Beginning. For a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called How to Go to Church. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 